What's your favorite scary movie? Stop Horror Time, the podcast where two LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Welcome back from our hiatus. Hello. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> is this our this is our first of the year, huh? Of yes. 2022. It is. Well, it's been a year so fucking far. Uh <laughs> but anyways. It was for uh, for listeners. I it was medical reasons on my end that we had to take a few months off. But we're, we're back, baby. <laughs> um, and so for this month, I, I was telling L. I, I want to address this. I was telling L off mic. That I was like, "Oh, we fucked up. This is coming out on St. Patrick's Day, and we're not doing a Leprechaun movie." <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Which I. To be fair, I've never seen them, and I hear they're, like, awful, but, you know, we do awful shit on here sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of awful, or I don't- Okay. Let- <laughs> Let's get into it! I don't know. I don't know what to say. So, Elle chose the 1976 joint, uh, Alice Sweet Alice, directed by Alfred Soul. That's, like, its official title, but it's been released, like- I guess first it was released as something called Communion- it's had, mm-hmm. like, so many fucking titles. And then a couple years later, so this is the, it's known as, like, the, um, the film debut of Brooke Shields. She was a kid in it. And then, like, after a couple years, after she had gotten to be more well-known, they re-released it as something called Holy Terror, which when I looked up, like, the, ju- I was just looking at the trailer for this before seeing it, and that's the trailer I saw, and they're trying to frame it as, like, a Brooke Shields movie where, like, she's this teenage killer or something. It's like, this is not what the movie is at all. I don't know. Uh-huh. Do, have you seen Have you seen that? Uh-uh, no. It's, I'm just like, this, after watching the movie, I'm like, that's not what this is. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, so, interesting. Um, I w- are you Catholic or were you ever Catholic? Uh, I was raised Catholic. I'm you were raised Catholic. Now. Great, so... you will be the expert for this <laughs> session. <laughs> so, give me your thoughts. Like, why you you watched this before choosing for us to discuss it? So, can you mm-hmm. kind of talk about like why and what you thought about it? Just general thoughts. I ha- I had fun with it. Like, it's not like the greatest movie, um, but I don't know. I think it was kind of an interesting thing because you don't really get well we had they had like the omen and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff because there has been horror movies with um religious overtones and religious involves uh involved mm-hmm. pieces into them but like to have the actual um like church like directly involved because there's also a priest that's involved in this pretty heavily as well yeah um and I, I don't know, I had fun with it. I think it's it's definitely a movie that gained a cult following um, past its release. Because um, it didn't have, like, the most well-received um, performance by critics and stuff like that. But, like, mm. I like that they had this kind of family living in this apartment where it's just, um, like, disintegrating family and growing up children that are just being pretty much neglected by their mom, especially one of the Hmm. kids, and I don't know. I thought it was an interesting concept. I'm not sure if it pulled off completely through, um, (laughs) but um, I had a good time Because of the ending or just the execution of everything? This will be spoiler-heavy. This movie's 50 years old, so... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I probably like the kind of the ending and execution... Because, like, sometimes I had to look up something because I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, yeah. Who is this? But, like, I thought it was very interesting to kind of have uh, the thought of a ch- child killer uh, amongst everybody. And it kind of does make you su- suspect that for a real good long time. Um, yeah. But 
Let's, we should yeah. we should talk about what it's about first. That way we can. No, we're fine. <laughs> tell me, tell me what it's about. I, I'm about to look something up. <laughs> so there's this uh, mother who lives. Um, she's divorced. She lives with her two daughters. Uh, one's called nine year old Karen. Uh, that's Brooke Shields' character, and 12-year-old Alice, they both attend a St. Michael's Parish girls' school. Uh, Karen is preparing for her first communion, and they know the priest that's there. His name is Father Tom. He gives his mother's crucifix as a gift to her, and they... And she's kind of like the favored child. Yeah, she's, the, she's very obviously the this. favorite child. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alice has this very emotional grudge towards her, and so one day they find, they're on the first communion, and Karen is strangled before she gets, uh, out into the, like, hall of the church to go up to get, uh, communion. Um, and then the crucifix is taken from her, and then they, she's put into, like, this church pew that, like, has a lifted seat. And they light her on fire and then close it. And then a nun finds her. So that's, like, fucking wild. Because I don't know how well over that went in the 1970s. But that's, mm. like, to have such a child murdered like that is pretty uh, pretty bad. Pretty gruesome. Yeah. And so then Catherine, who is the mother, her ex-husband, becomes involved into independently investigating his daughter's murder. While the detective, his name is Spina, is in handling the case. Uh, Catherine's sister, Annie, moves in to help her, even though Alice and Annie despise each other. They sure do. And then Annie is attacked by a masked figure in the hallway with a knife. And she claims that Alice tried to kill her because she was wearing, like, this very uh, recognizable yellow raincoat and this, like, really creepy translucent mask. It's so fucking creepy. (laughs) That she's known for, like, wearing. Um, and then Alice is sent to a psychiatric institution for evaluation for this. And then Dominic receives, like, this phone call from somebody claiming to be Annie's daughter, Angela, saying she has Karen's crucifix. And he agrees to meet her at an abandoned building. Like, you should know clue number <laughs> Alone. one. Yeah. Um, Men so are stupid. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's awful. But the person there, uh, it's not Angela. And they stab him before binding him with rope. And it's actually Mrs. Tridani, who is the housekeeper for Father Thomas. Um, he chastises uh, her. She's chastising him and his ex-wife because they're sinners over their premarital sex and divorce. Uh, and she, he manages to bite the ca- crucifix off of her neck that she had stolen from Karen. And then uh, Mrs. Tridani pushes him out a window to his death. <laughs> and they end up finding him. Uh, so Catherine goes to visit uh, Father Tom, but he's not there, and Mrs. Tredani is. Um, and Mrs. Tredani said that she explains that when her daughter died on the day of her first communion, she realized children are punished by the sins of their parents. Um, so in her grief, she devotes herself to the church. And she does kind of seem to plan to kill Catherine during this scene, but Father Tom arrives um, before that happens to tell Catherine that uh, Dominic died. The During the autopsy, they find Karen's crucifix in his mouth, and Alice is eliminated as a suspect, so she's able to be freed from the institution. Um, Mrs. Tredani ends up sneaking into their apartment building, and she goes into the wrong apartment. Uh, she goes into their landlord's apartment, um, because he started going, like, screaming because Alice had placed a jar of cockroaches on him while he slept. Because it's easy to get into his apartment. Um, and she does this all the time, apparently. Like, she just goes in and... Pranks. Just pranks him. Um, and so he comes in to the hallway and mistakes her for Alice. because uh, she's wearing the raincoat and mask again. And she ends up stabbing him and fleeing. But the detective who was investigating uh, Karen's murder was parked in front of the building and sees her running out without a mask on. And then she ends up running to the church where the police are stationed. And when she goes to the front where Father Tom is, she stabs him in the neck. Uh, Mrs. Tridon- when Father Tom denies Mrs. Tredoni communion, she stabs him in the throat. And the sh- she ends up dropping the knife, which Alice finds and puts it in the shopping bag Mrs. Tredani had been carrying 
and like walks out of the church with it and she's like holding the like mrs trinani's like holding the priest as he's dying so it's like creepy um she's like trying to punish these people for having premarital sex and divorce and i'm like okay that's catholicism babe <laughs> that's, that's that sounds about right honestly people just all about the i don't this, this so much of this movie's like buck wild and like you were saying you had to look up stuff like wait what that by the time the reveal of that happened and she was like having her speech or whatever about like why she was doing all this my brain just like couldn't fully process all of it and i was just like what her i from the opening scene i her like but the thing was that like like you were saying i'm sure this that that the murder scene in the beginning of this was like a shocking thing and also just like I feel like, f- based on what I've seen of, like, taglines and everything, of, like, is a child capable of this? Like, they were really trying to bank on you, like, believing that, that Alice is the killer. But, like, watching it, like, it's like, I I was like, she better not be, because, like, do they, how fucking stupid do they think I am to try and think that it's a surprise if Alice is the killer? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because it's set up so much that she hates her, she's like, I wouldn't have been fucking surprised like and you know if that makes sense <laughs> yeah but this came out of left field for sure but then it's just like oh that's just catholicism okay sure <laughs> Dude, yeah, sure I, i'm pretty sure murder's a sin too but <laughs> yeah we don't have time to unpack all that um get out oh, oh, that's great you're locked in here with me. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I uh, the the director Alfred Soul. This was his first movie, I think, and like he cites like definitely like he cited Hitchcock, but also Nicholas Rogue as an influence, which I think is where he got the twist because Don't Look Now also there's like what you think is a child in a raincoat, but it's just a, a, a tiny woman with a knife. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, yeah, this is just kind of a, a weird-ass 70s movie, I guess. <laughs> like, um, I, my, I had heard of it um, mainly because, uh, you know that Bravo's, like, 100 scariest moments thing? Mm-hmm. They have I love the, watching that. Yeah, oh, me too. But the, do you remember this is in it? it? It's that part in the beginning where, like, Alice scares Karen in like the abandoned. Oh like, yeah, because she stole the doll. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She just comes out with the mask. And it's like okay, no, this child's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know what to think of this fucking movie. I'm kind of still processing it. <laughs> Do you have anything profound to say about this? And because I asked if you were raised Catholic, and you said because <laughs> I'm a Protestant over here. <laughs> uh well the religion that takes place in this film it's like definitely just it's an unsympathetic portrayal of religion i think Mm. in showing just like just like how bad religion can get for people because yeah you know miss tronadani was doing all these murders in the name of like her belief in the in the sin of premarital sex and divorce which was not a there's not a thing before but it is now and just oh man it's it's kind of weird to look at it, especially when you're an ex-Catholic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was curious to see it. I didn't know that until now. And then, like, also, the divorce definitely, I think, had, like, it happened before the film starts. Um, yeah. And it had an effect on the family, like, the nuclear family, which is what, um, it, it was kind of doing a... A subtle, I think, nuclear family criticism or just, like, showcasing of it. Like, the destruction of it when you have a destabilizing home after particularly, like, big events such like that. But as as far as the religion goes, but I, I think the murders in the church is definitely something that you don't... I don't know if they've done as many... In recent years, but, like, especially to have a child killed inside of a church, that's not something I have seen in many, in, in, in yeah. recent time. On her first communion, too, like, the most, yeah. like, the symbol, most symbol of purification you can think of. 
Yeah, you know, they. I didn't do this when I went to my church. Like, they would kneel at the altar and push out their tongues for communion. So it's like, you will have this, like, religion. Sheila O'Malley, uh, she was a critic that noted, it's a rejection of body itself, but the body, its tongues, its teeth, its menstruation will not be denied. Uh, especially because mm. you have, like, also all this religious iconography just overwhelming the scene with the paintings of... Uh, Mary and Christ, the marble statues, crosses on every wall, things like that. Because I didn't, we didn't have that many kind of things at my church. We just had like the glass, the stained glass on either side. And we had like the big cross at the front with the altar. But like, you know, there's also the criticism of how church, the church handles things when there are allegations of things happening to children with the church. So I don't know, that's kind of reminded me of that, of how like, just how notorious the church is in terms of the treatment of children and within the church and religion itself. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a, a time. It is a time and a half right there. Um, <laughs> some people thought it was anti-Catholic and Soul's an ex-Catholic as well. Mm. Um, his first film actually was an adult film that was released in 1972. Oh. Um, it had a... He had obscenity charges brought to him against, in the state of New Jersey. Uh, he had a formal excommunication from the Roman Catholic Diocese. Yeah! And I was like, ah! Oh. Um, so that's, pro- that's probably where some of that influence came from, as far as <laughs> the religious tones in Alice Sweet Alice. There are some people that says that um, the, the close-up shots also in this film are just like, very claustrophobic. I was like, oh my god, can we take a step back for a second? <laughs> People make me uncomfortable. Um, I think you're supposed to be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uncomfy. I'm very uncomfy. Yeah. Just I think very... it was also, I don't know if it was on the list, but it was brought forward for, like, the video nasties, I think. I'm like, yeah, I, I get that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a film that I think, I... I, like I said, I had a good time with it. Um, I don't think I'd ever own it to, like, rewatch, but mm. there's definitely some scenes in it where it's, like, kind of creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he definitely had influence also from the 1955 French film, uh, Les Diabliques, uh, as far as, like, composition in the film, because, like, when I looked back at the some of the scenes from that film and compared them to this one, it's, like... Oh, yeah, I can see it. There's, like, you know, subtle dark humor and the unsympathetic portrayal of religion, which is, like, kind of motifs of giallo thrillers, like Dario Argento's films. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of, like, the most giallo-esque American history, f- American film in history. Because um, a lot of de- drew comparisons to that. Gonna do a quick sidebar. It's pronounced giallo. Giallo, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've never heard it said out loud. So yeah, that's like when I was gonna go see Cyrano, and I kept pronouncing Serrano, and I was like, Serrano, oh. Serrano de Bur- Burjack. <laughs> I'll talk about no, that it's, later. it's 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 fine. <laughs> oh hell yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't. It's it's a. I think it's a film. I think people would like to would like like it. Not the greatest film. It's definitely one you could turn on if you're just winning, wanting something to watch. Um, this isn't a casual view, though. Let me. It kind of. Let's be. No. <laughs> let's be <laughs> frank here. It's it. not. It depends. I just turned it on because I was like, you know what? I've never seen this film. I'm gonna watch it. Um, and then I did, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you're like, Kate has to watch this now. <laughs> your yeah. thought process. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of the Catholic Church, I hear that some bad, uh, some bad shit happened there or something. Oh. What is? It? <laughs> what? That's the greatest thing! It happened on my birthday too. I was like, "This is the best birthday gift ever." Oh God. <laughs> okay, so when you are baptized, the priest is supposed to say, um, "Like I baptize uh, you," and that's supposed to be because, like. God is through the priest. Um, but this priest had been saying, we baptize you like the community. And that's not the right way to say a baptism because then it's not actually like coming from God. Um, it's coming from the community. And so the people that have been baptized were not baptized correctly. So 
they're not going to heaven, apparently. And <laughs> in order to be a priest, you have to be baptized as well. And he found a video of his baptism when he was a baby, and they had said, we baptize you also to, during his. So he's technically not baptized, so he shouldn't be a priest. <laughs> Um, and so the church is just going crazy about this right now because he's been doing these baptisms for 25 years. And so there's all these people <laughs> that are just like, it's just because they're not like technically a part of the church now because they haven't been baptized correctly. Um, so I, can they, this is, might be a stupid question. Can they not just get like rebaptized the oh, right way? Like oopsie or something. I think they can but okay. it's just like so funny to be like the church is in crisis because now they got to find out who else has been saying this wrong yeah oh my um, god but i thought it was hilarious was it? can't part. they just make it a new rule like no it's fine because <laughs> <laughs> all of these are fucking made up by the church anyway well you know oh you know you know and also with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also you what what yeah the, when they changed that because some I used to go to like church like twice a year I don't go at all now, um but I used to go like for before Easter and on Christmas Eve and when they changed that shit yeah that that was a throw off from me and with your spirit what what the fuck because they've been saying it also with you for like twenty plus years of my life and then I was like oh no mm -hmm. I can't do this I just can't go anymore so. <laughs> Oh, I gotta get excommunicated for real, though. Like, you gotta do it yourself, otherwise uh, they're oh like... Oh, God, girl, we're gonna get you excommunicated. <laughs> I'm gonna get you church. out of there! Come get me out of there! Because <laughs> you, like, gotta go through the church, otherwise you're still on their registrar. And I'm like, nah. No thanks. My sister's heavily... Like, she's not, like, heavily involved with the church, but she does go, like, every Sunday with her family, and I'm just like... Damn. Not me. Who is I don't know time? when that started happening, because she didn't used to, like, going to church. And I think it was her husband's family, because they go to church every Sunday. Mm. Uh, but at least she doesn't have, like, some kind of, like, Jesus quote or something hanging up oh. in her house, so I'm just like, it's oh, okay. God. She also told my hus her husband that she wouldn't marry him if his family didn't accept me being LGBT, so she's on my side, at least. I know that. <laughs> So, all good. <laughs> was that the whole true crime thing? Was that story? Oh, no. The, the, true, the true crime. You just wanted to tell that story about the... Okay. Well, you asked me what was going on in the Catholic Church. <gasps> yeah, I was trying to segue into the... Never mind. Oh, no. The Catholic... The, the true crime. Let's go in... Let's get into true crime. We all go a little mad sometimes. Haven't you? Atlanta, yeah. <laughs> I got you with uh with this poor this poor girl. She was only nineteen years old. Her name was Arliss K. Perry. Uh, she was a nineteen year old uh, American newlywed who was murdered inside the Stanford Memorial Church in California on October twelfth, nineteen seventy four. Um, but the murder would go unsolved for more than forty years before DNA profiling came in and saved the day. Around 11.30 the night of October 12, 1974, the Perrys had an argument about their car's tire pressure. Uh, Perry told her husband that she wanted to go pray alone inside Stanford Memorial Church, and they parted. Uh, Bruce became concerned when his wife had not returned by 3 a.m. and called the Stanford police to report her missing. Uh, however, the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office went to the church and reported that all the outer doors were locked. Campus security guard Stephen Crawford, a former Stanford police officer, claimed to have found Perry's body around 5.50-45 a.m. October 13th in the east uh, tricept near the altar of the church. She was found face up with her hands folded across her chest. There was an ice pick sticking out the back of her head, though the handle had been broken off and was missing. And there were also signs of strangulation. Police reported that Perry was naked from the waist down, um... Little graphic here, sorry. Uh, there was a three-foot-long altar candle inside her vagina and another place between her breasts. Her jeans had been arranged across her legs in a diamond pattern. So Crawford had told police he had locked up the church a little after midnight after noticing no apparent activity inside. He also claimed, which was later found to be false, to have rechecked the doors around 2 a.m. and found they were still locked. 
when Crawford visited the church at 5.45 a.m. to open it for the day, he said he found the west side door open and that it had been forced from the inside. So investigators had found uh, semen on a kneeling pillow near Perry's body, and they also found a partial palm print on one of the candles. Um, but neither of those matched Bruce Perry or Crawford. The Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office also ruled out any links between the murder and three previous killings in the area dating back to 1973, uh, which were later attributed to a man named John Getrew. Perry's husband was an initial suspect, but he was eventually ruled out. There were at least seven people were in the church during that night of October 12th and the morning of October 13th. Um, and four other people besides Perry and Crawford were identified. A seventh was not. A passerby noted this young man was about to enter the church around midnight. He had sandy colored hair and was not wearing a watch. Was a medium build and stood about five foot ten. So this case remained open and was routinely revealed as a cold case by the cold case unit of the Santa Clara County District Attorney and Sheriff's Office. In 2018, however, Crawford was definitively linked to the murder following a more advanced DNA test. On June 28th, as police arrived at Crawford's residence at Camden Avenue in San Jose, California, which is about 20 miles from Stanford University with a search warrant, Crawford locked uh, his door and passed from suicide with a pistol before he could be arrested. So there was also an alleged son of Sam link uh, with this uh, because serial ki killer David Berkowitz mentioned the Perry murder a few times in some letters suggesting that he heard details of the crime from Manson to the alleged culprit. Uh, in the San Jose Mercury News, Jesse Safer noted that investigators interviewed Berkowitz in prison and now believe he had nothing of value to offer regarding the Perry case. However, investigative reporter Maury Terry noted that Berkowitz had volunteered information about the case without being prompted, writing in 1979, Arliss Perry hunted, stalked, and slain, followed to California Stanford University. Terry interviewed Perry's friends in Bismarck, discovering that someone on the Stanford campus had taken a telephone listing under Bruce Perry's name. There results in confusion when Perry's best friend and Bruce's mother attempted to reach the Perry's at fraudulent, the fraudulent phone number apparently led Perry to call the number herself and speak to someone in residence there. In a September 27, 1974 letter to her friend, Perry wrote, I had to laugh about your call to Bruce Perry. Mrs. Perry made the same mistake. She called them too. But the strange part of it is that his name is not only Bruce Perry, but that it is Bruce D. Perry. And not only that, but it is Bruce Duncan Perry, and he attends Stanford University, and he just got married this summer. One thing, his wife's name is not Arliss. Anyway, next time you get the urge to call, the number is taken out. This time, I guarantee you'll get the right Bruce Perry. So, it was also covered in detail along with the John Gertrude Muters in a 2020 February episode of Case File True Crime Podcast. Uh, and then it was also mentioned in uh, the Netflix documentary, The Sons of Sam, A Descent into Darkness. So we don't know why it happened, because um, obviously the guy that committed it um, took his own life before they could even arrest him to find out why. But yeah, uh -huh. they, they figured it out. And she was only 19 years old, which is kind of crazy. She was only a few years older than my my parents were when she died. Um, well, she was born a couple years before my dad was anyways, so that's crazy. Mm -hmm. They probably would have heard about this. I bet I could ask them since they were teenagers around then. But yeah, that's the that's the story of Arliss Perry. So thankfully, she her case has been solved. Um, it's just crazy. That, like, her, her case is the most standout when I look. Because I was just like, I don't really want to review a child dying inside a church. Um, there has not been, as far as I could have found. Um, but Some other bad is, shit has happened to children. Yeah, enough bad shit happens. Yeah, we don't know um, But hers was the most prominent that showed up when I searched up mm. uh, true crime involving, like, churches and things like that. So... Poor girl. So, could you call this a gay film? You buy all your murder weapons at Home Depot? God, you much. <laughs> no. <laughs> here's, okay, so here's one thing I wanted to mention, though, because, like, and I don't know if this was intentional or not, um, but if it is, gross, because, um, 
there's possibly, like, a very, like, 1950s, like, idea of a homosexual in this, I think, with the landlord, because, like, when you first see him, he's literally just, like, listening to Showboat and has a bunch of cats, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> but then he just turns out to be, like, a pervert and yeah. trying to, like, hit on a, a, a child, and I'm like, oh, never mind, but, and he's also just, like, portrayed as this, like, just, like, disgusting, also fatphobic, just this disgusting person, mm-hmm. so, like, but you know what I mean of, like, it, especially, like, in the 50s, what I meant was, like, there's, like, like, they equated homosexuality to pedophilia and, like, mm-hmm. be, be, make, lock up your kids, basically. Um, like, that's some really weird vibes from that. I don't know. It, it was just, and it was, like, the character of the landlord itself, stuff like that, that kind of made me uncomfortable with this movie and not in a fun horror way that no, I was just, yeah. like, like, that bad taste. I don't know. No, yeah, um, it made me uncomfortable, too. So I feel I feel you there. Yeah. R.I.P. to that cat, too. Th- this child straight up just thro- yeets a cat on the floor and it dies, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, I, like, <laughs> I like, did, like, a little skip button past that, because I, like, I looked up on Does the Dog Die when I saw the oh, cats, smart. I had to pause it. You're and so I was just smart. like, okay, gotta look this up. And they're like, it's brief, like, it doesn't really show it, because all she does is, like, no. I think, pick the cat up and then just throws it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that shouldn't be enough to kill a cat, but okay. Um, well, it's a kitten, and she's uh, you skip past it, but it's a little it. kitten, and she literally like grabs it, and then she's like yeet, and runs out, and you just hear him like you killed my cat. I'm like, what the fuck is? <laughs> cat is kid's crazy, man. That kid's- yeah, that girl didn't kill anyone, but she's got. I mean, like we were saying, the deconstruction of the nuclear family when it's taken apart, like she and just she- being like the neglected child. And, like, the dad only giving a shit when one of them is murdered and then getting to stroll in and be like, oh, I'm the great father figure. I care about my kids. I'm like, fuck yeah. off, first of all. <laughs> oh, man. Come on. No, yeah, especially, like, because I've, I've seen people who, like, have families with, like, more than one kid. They have, like, the, the obvious favorite sibling. And that's, mm. like, takes an emotional toll on the others. Uh-huh. Um, so, like, the... Her lashing out and her wanting to be so part of, like, the communion that Karen mm-hmm. was going to be, um, just to, like, kind of gain some kind of favor in, in her mother's eye or just kind of just, like, get the attention for once. And so, like, she's just lashing out and doing whatever, like, you know, scaring her sister with the mask, just being obnoxious, throwing the veil on the ground and just having all these outbursts, you know, it's just like, she's only 12, too, so, like, mm-hmm. still very much a child. But yeah, now it's 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 an it's a huge it's it's a thing, <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> These poor kids just going through it. Yeah. Kitty. He won't shut the fuck up. Bucky. Or is that Oswald? Oh, it's, it's Bucky. Oh. Bucky. So, any last thoughts before we wind down for the time? Yeah, I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about this as a whole, but I guess it, you made some really good points about it. I guess maybe if you were raised Catholic and want to see some weird shit, uh, <laughs> check it out. I don't know. All the, like, it definitely has, like, 70s religious horror vibes, like, a lot, and, like, how, like, um, how, like, huge it is, like, in the kills and everything. That's, like, melodramatic, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, very much the Omen vibes. But, yeah, just pr- pretty wild. <laughs> it is. It, it's it is wild. They I think they said that they wanted to do like a remake of this, but using like the original scoring and stuff. And last I heard, mm. that they still the guy who wanted to do it still had like the rights to do it in two thousand sixteen, but it's been silenced from then. So I'm just oh. like, sometimes we just shouldn't touch things, and I think this is one of the times we shouldn't do that. It's like trying to remake Psycho. I see you, Vince Vaughn. Um. Uh- Hey, hey now, what we're not gonna do is slander Vince Vaughn's performance in the Psycho remake. This is not the space for that. Okay? (laughs) This is a biased party here. Hold on, I'm gonna let this fucking cat out. Sorry, one second. You! Get out! No! You wanna go out so bad? Oh, shit. He just wanted to go out so bad. Okay. 
Any last words you want to say on all this? I can't. I can't say if you want to have a good time because you don't have a good time. But you said you had a good time watching well, I mean, this. I, had, I, I, I like can't trust you anymore with this. With you picking stuff, can I say something? You're like, oh, let's just pick this. I watched it. It was good. I'm like, okay. And you're like, yeah, I had a good time. And now you're saying to people, don't well, watch it like for a, a not, good time. Not like a feel good time. Oh this like it's not like watching for a feel good time, but it definitely is like. I think it has, like, a good potential of a movie, which is, like, enough to have not a feel-good time, but you're going to have, like, a good time in terms of having a good story, at least. Okay. If, okay. if we wanted to feel good, uh, we just watch Turning Red, which was something I did. Um, but it definitely is... It is a it is a seventies movie definitely, and it's not, it's not yeah. the worst directorial debut I've seen like in terms of a mainstream audience film, um, from Alfred Soule, because uh, his other one was Deep Throat, and that was like an adult film, so we'll count this as his directorial. Oh, he made debut. Deep Throat. I've heard of <laughs> Deep Throat. I've heard of it. <laughs> I didn't know that. That was funny. <laughs> so yeah, and um. I, you can definitely see the influences if you've watched, like, Italian horror movies. You can see the influences mm-hmm. of that in there. Um, and just... I don't know. I think people would like it. Um, I wouldn't be, like, the, you know, best horror movies of all time list wouldn't make that. But I think that it's definitely... I think it's still a good horror film to watch um, that doesn't have, like, a ton of... Well, I don't think it has a ton of blood. I'm not a very good merit on this no. thing anymore. But I don't think... It's it kind does, of like... It's... It's, it's like, almost, like, Saw levels in terms of, like, the first Saw movie. It's not as gory as people think it is. Oh, or, no. Yeah. Like, remember it to be. Like, kind of like Halloween. The OG Halloween. Like, it's not that gory or bloody as people remember it to be or anything. So, I don't, I, I recommend watching it. Um, you don't have to watch it more than once. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd ever watch it again. Maybe one day, like, in time, if I wanted to be like, I've given it some time. Let's see if it holds up to what I remember at all or if there's anything new that, I, that I've that uh, i missed. Um, but I think the mask was definitely a big creepy part of the whole thing. Like, that's a oh, mask yeah. I could see being, like, an iconic mask, like uh, Ghostface and Michael Myers. Like, that, I think that could ring rank up there because it is really creepy looking and it was like a like a yeah. dollar store mask that you could find anywhere during that time um so that makes it even worse in my opinion <laughs> this is an everyday object you could just use so yeah that's that's my thoughts on on alice sweet alice so give give it a go if you want so it's time for some wind down would you like to go first or i can uh yeah i'll go um I'm, I'll try to be brief because there's two months worth of content. Um, I did do a lot of rewatches just because that's what you do when, when you're in recovery, I guess, and need comfort. But um, let's see. I'll try to maybe just stick with horror then. Like, well, <laughs> I watched Fresh <laughs> with friend of the show Sydney and uh, the Sebastian Stan Cannibal movie <laughs> on Hulu. <laughs> have, have you watched it yet? No, but I have it on my okay. to watch list. Wig. Okay, I won't say too much. I, I, every time he gets to just play a complete psycho, I'm just like, he's gonna eat! And then this one, <laughs> like, literally. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Good for um, him. Good for him. I, uh, I'm trying to just stick with horror shit. I don't know. Although, okay, this isn't horror, but it's like, what it's been such a long time where i watched i've I've watched a lot of things recently where it's like that was good yeah like not like a five i haven't given out five stars in a while though and that but this was the closest was this movie called swan song with udo kier who's like in a lot of horror movies actually so maybe this is relevant but this is not a horror movie it's like he's this like aging gay hairdresser who is asked to do the hair and makeup for an, an, an old client of his that's passed away, and it's him kind of, like, making his way through... Oh, God, what town is it? Some, like, southern town. Um, and uh, I'm not describing it really well. It's just, like, about the people he's meeting along the way, and also, like, he's estranged from this person. They had, like, a falling out, and so, like, at first he doesn't even want to go. And, like, what got me is just this scene in this, like... 
he revisits this like gay bar that he helped like create in this like southern town in the 70s um mm-hmm. that's like and he happens of course he happens to go there that like the day that it's closing so they invite him to closing night and i'm just and like robin starts playing and i'm like ah movies are good <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's he's really good in it and now i kind of want i want to like watch more of his shit because i've heard of him and he's been in these like weird like 70s horror stuff you know among other things i'm like all right i'm here for udo Kier. um i also watched tales from the crypt demon night where like jada pinkett smith is the final girl and i'm like hell yeah hell yeah Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. I'm prob- I'll probably forget shit. I apologize. I don't know. Um, That's Power fine. the Dog. Power it's the Dog. It's been two months, wig. so. It's I fine. know. I'm just like, Power the Dog. Good times. Good times. Um, and most recently, The Batman. Good. Um, yeah. That's- Hell yeah. And of course, now I'm rewatching Gotham. <laughs> Fuck, it. Fuck it. What about you? <laughs> um, so I will try to also keep this brief i'll just mention some of the films i've watched um so since we did uh better watch out i watched the original ghost of the shell as my final film for 2021 on the 31st uh and then in january i watched jacob's ladder which is kind of a horror-esque film it's definitely like wild um but it's all i think it's good uh then i also watched midnight cowboy uh, the oh! Yeah, Midnight Cowboy. Mm. It was not, well, again, this was huh? made. <laughs> it was made in 1969. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I, I was like, they rated this X at first? I was like, yeah, okay. right? <laughs> I was like, I know it's 1969, but come on. Um, yeah. Uh, then I watched the Philadelphia story uh, as part of my AFI watch list. Um, and then I watched the first ever, uh, considered horror movie, uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It mm-hmm. was made in 1920. Um, and then there's also this movie I spotted just randomly. I was like, how, like, what horror movies take place on a ship besides Ghost Ship? And I found this one called <laughs> Triangle from 2009. <clears throat> and it's like, it's a wild time. Oh. <clears throat> And then I watched The Father with uh, Anthony Hopkins, and I'm never watching oh, that again. Oh, God! Emotionally, it killed me. <laughs> I know I can never watch that. Oh, Godspeed. It it hurt. Um, oh. It hurt. And then I watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, which was lots of fun. Um, and then, T- I, I've never heard this pronounced out loud, so is it Titane? Titan. Uh, Titan. Oh, you watched Titan! Yeah! yeah! <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what a movie. Yo! God. And then, of course, Power of the Dog. How uh-huh. to watch it. Well, uh, film, cinema. If You'll you want to piss off Sam Elliott, watch Power <laughs> of the Dog. Woohoo! <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and then I watched Godzilla vs. Kong, which was like the last, latest installment of the Godzilla universe. Wasn't as good as King of the Monsters, but that's just my that's that's my opinion. Um, and then I finally saw the movie Antlers, which was produced by Guillermo del Toro. Um, slightly disappointed in what the monster's origins was, um, uh. but the fact that they actually cast an indigenous person in a role was kind of nice. And then the bar like, is it, so low. <laughs> bar is like literally in hell. But it was it was definitely like oh my god you know what the fuck going on like Je- poor Jesse Plemons was fighting for his life in that movie <gasps> Jesse get him we're gonna get you out of here Jesse Plemons <laughs> I was like poor man get him out uh, and then I watched Alice Sweet Alice and recently I've kind of been on like a like like good movies watched I watched Encanto mm. at the beginning of the month mm. uh, and then I just wanted something feel good to watch while I was chilling with uh, my family one night so I watched the Muppets Take Manhattan uh, which was a lot of fun uh, my mom and I went and saw Cyrano in theaters because I had to support Peter Dinklage why he's not nominated for best he's actor he's so fucking good in it like regardless of, I don't think it's a perfect movie um but I really dug so much about it, but and like he's so fucking good in it. He's oh my god! Good. Joe Wright, look at you. It's just such an earnest. It. It's so uh. earnest, like, and that's the only way you can do like Cyrano de Bergerac is to be that. I'm just so I get why that that might be off putting or seem silly to some people, but I left that theater and I was like, I need to yearn. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the yearning. I don't even know who I'm thinking about, but I must yearn. <laughs> 
Uh, and then the last two films that I watched for is uh, The Batman in theaters hey. and film quality amazing like if i could mm-hmm. have a fifth slot on my letterbox for favorite movies it would be in there wow really yeah ah. i loved it so much uh excited for the art of the batman movie book to come out next month i'm just uh i just can't stop thinking about it honestly it's just so good matt reeves gets it he gets it i'm just uh, thank you for that um, and also the mask that the Riddler wears, why hasn't that been used before in films? Because it's just a simple mask, but it is so creepy looking when you just look That at is it. very Giallo. Speaking of Giallo, I was asking, <laughs> like, that felt, like, it looks like the leather mask that something, someone would wear. Yeah. Like, there were kind of almost horror elements, and there, there, there can, of course there can be horror elements in Batman, but, um. I, I won't say too much in case you haven't seen the Batman yet, but I will yeah. say the opening where you first see the Riddler creep me the fuck out. Like, that's my nightmare yeah. right there. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it's, oh, and like, it uh, opens on Halloween. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely horror elements in it. I dig. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, and then today I watched Turning Red since it officially okay. had gotten onto Disney+. And it is so fun and cute. And I loved that, what the movie did. And, and I'm like, this is what 13-year-olds are like. They have this cringy, like, fan art in their notebooks. Like, they draw like this. They act like this. And it was, like, like it was, like, I loved it, and I was, like, secondhand embarrassment because I knew exactly, like, that's what I was like when I was 13, but it was so good. It was, it's the director who uh, did it, um, uh, Dami Shi. She did the short uh, bow mm-hmm. that, I can't remember which movie it was before, um, but that that's, she, and this is her uh film i think she's like the second female director pixar's had but she's like the first uh director of color uh woman director of color that they that has made a pixar movie but i i loved it i really loved it i think i liked it more than encanto which is it was good i highly recommend it for like a a feel-good time (laughs) a random fact i have about that movie is the my high school choreographer for like the shows I did her son <laughs> is a voice actor in it <laughs> the son that she toted along to rehearsals when he was a wee child oh is now God. in the fucking panda movie I'm like good for him good for him good for him yeah um, right, I guess I'll watch it <laughs> yeah I it's it's so good and I uh and when I was watching it, I was like, oh my god, Sydney would just love this, because we all know how much she loves Red, Red Pandas. pandas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read a ton. Uh, I have read a few books uh, since the start of the year. Uh, the first one I read was SPQR by Mary Beard, which talks about a uh, history of ancient Rome. Uh, definitely a book to, you have to sit down and read. Like, it's not just like a casual read. Um, and then I read uh, Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. Um which is a good, it's a good, like, almost popcorn flick, but, like, book. Mm. Um, and, well, what did I read after that? Oh, God. I can't remember anything. <laughs> what have I ever read in my life? I bought a book. I haven't read it. but <laughs> I, yeah. bought, I bought Harvey Firestein's memoir that I want to read. Oh, yeah. I've seen that yeah. featured on, uh, on our shelves at, at work. Um. Oh yeah, I read *The Fire Next Time* by James Baldwin. Um, okay, that's a that's definitely like a one sitting read because it is so short, but it's mm-hmm. it's very good. Um, and then uh, *Dear Jane Masks*, the address book, what street addresses reveal about identity, race, wealth, and power, and it's a wild read because I was like, I did not know this much about like how street addresses affected, like it status and like apparently in new york's buildings will just have different addresses than where they actually are just to make them sound fancier and more like intriguing to tourists or just in general um and then i read a sci-fi book called autonomous by anna lee newitz uh that features a pirate drug dealer trying to figure out uh what's gone wrong with her latest uh batch that she's done out of the black market and these two agents one's a uh robot and uh just a regular guy uh that are partners that are going after her to stop her from finding its origins of what's gone wrong that are causing people to die um so that's pretty much what i've been up to um not too much else really 
I turned 27. That's something. Hey. <laughs> One year closer to 30. Uh, um, no, just been just been do, going to work, coming home, just trying to enjoy everything while I can. Um, hoping to move back to New York this late spring or so, so fingers crossed for that. I've got my official dates given to my work uh, of when I'd like to start my transfer process, so let's, let's hope for good stuff for that. If I have to wait a little longer because they're like, oh, we just got to push it back a little bit, that's fine. But yeah, no, the idea would be to move then, so... I've, I've, that's that's what I got though. That's what's going on in my in my place. So yeah, it's been pretty. But then not the worst to 2022 few months. Um, there's a there's another boat that ran ashore in the Chesapeake Bay. It's ever given to time. <laughs> it's just so good to me. It's so funny. The, that's great. That's uh, I, not much good shit has happened to me this year, so I got nothing. Uh, but I'm happy for you, my man. Um, I'm glad we can start this back up again, and we'll be back next month with something cool. Hopefully, sorry we didn't do a leprechaun movie. We fucked up. I yeah we'll we'll have some something real good for you guys next time so but all yeah, right i think this was a good way to get to get started back up again after a couple months away we did good kid all right yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> well you can find me at dyke madden on twitter uh i'm Succession's on... over so i'm not tweeting about that anymore i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're good <laughs> uh, I am on Twitter at LM Designs, and for the podcast, we have Twitter at Horror Time Pod and Facebook at Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, if you like what we do and like to support us, you can give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, it's more just for algorithms uh, than anything because we just generally don't give a shit about reviews, but it does get us uh, more propped up, and maybe we'll get more people to listen to us talking about gay and horror movies. Um, and if where we're great for people who want to know more about horror movies but don't want to watch them. Uh, we're thankful for you guys for listening to us and sticking with us even after being two months away. Um, we'll look forward to releasing the next episode next month, and we hope you guys have a good day. Stay safe, and mm -hmm. we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.